When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Building the Buckeyes. I'm your host, Andrew Lind, and in this episode I'll be taking a look at the latest from the Ohio State football recruiting trail. Perhaps the most significant news at this point in time is the looming official visit from Indiana four-star defensive tackle Caden Curry, who will be on campus for this weekend's game against Oregon. The visit kind of serves a double purpose for Curry, as he has both the Buckeyes and the Ducks in his final five alongside Alabama, Clemson, and Indiana. Of course, most of Curry's attention will be on seeing what Ohio State has to offer on game day, but it'll also give him some additional one-on-one time with defensive line coach Larry Johnson once the game is over. There's no doubt the Buckeyes are the leader at this point in Curry's recruitment. Much like Johnson, he's a bit more methodical in his approach, and will likely take all five official visits before committing somewhere. That said, you have to feel good about where Ohio State stands heading into his fall visits. After all, Curry has a great relationship with, and a ton of respect for Johnson, while his mother is originally from Columbus, and he admittedly grew up rooting for the Buckeyes too. However, I don't necessarily think that you can count out the Hoosiers. This weekend's result aside, they've taken tremendous strides on the field and on the recruiting trail over the last year or so. Curry is also very close with Desan McCullough, the former Ohio State commit, who is a fantastic peer recruiter. And honestly, the idea of building something rather than joining something already established can be intriguing too. In the end, I just think that the Buckeyes ultimately went out because of Johnson, and the opportunity to play for the school he grew up rooting for might just be too much to overcome. Keeping on the subject of Johnson, he's still looking for his first commitment in the class of 2022. While I would be worried if it was any other position unit, I think this is more of a situation where the guys that Johnson wants are simply not ready to make a decision more than anything else. I know he was pushing for Oklahoma defensive tackle Chris McClellan to become the first commit following his official visit in June, but it appears that those close to him have convinced him to take a step back and kind of assess his options. There's also Hero Canoe, the defensive tackle from Germany by way of California, who really blew up this summer. And while Ohio State would love to have him too, there's really no reason for him to rush into something before he can get a few game day visits under his belt. Now I know that Canoe loved his visit in June, so much so that he stayed an extra day for more time with Johnson while the rest of his traveling contingent moved on to their next stop. But his official visit for the Penn State game in late October will be a whole new experience, and it wouldn't be a surprise to see him commit then. As for the defensive end position, Ohio State is in the running for four of the nation's top players, including Philadelphia's Anai White, Texas's Omari Abor, and Florida's Shamar Stewart and Kenyatta Jackson. Now, they'll probably only end up with two, maybe three players at that spot, and it's going to really be interesting to see how that shakes out. Of that group, I think they have the best shot with Jackson and White, while Stewart could very well be that national prospect that Johnson surprisingly pulls late. Here's Johnson in his own words, talking about Ohio State's lack of commitments along the defensive line for the class of 2022 during his August 17th media availability. You know, I spent a, a year and a half recruiting JT and every day, every hour just staying focused, staying with the family. And now we're after, uh, you know, get some 2022 guys in here and we got a group of guys that really like. 
uh, and going forward, like most kids, they're going to take their time, make the decision. So we're not pressing, but we think we're in we good shape with all those guys, and we'll see what happens. This weekend is also pretty notable in terms of official visitors along the offensive line, with St. John Bosco offensive guard Ernest Green making his way to campus as well. This will be the second trip to Columbus in less than four months, and the third visit overall for Green, who is part of a large contingent of Braves on hand for a one-day camp in June. During that visit, Green conducted an individual workout with offensive line coach Greg Studrawa and showed exactly why he's been compared to former Ohio State and St. John Bosco offensive guard Wyatt Davis. The Buckeyes would love to have Green follow in Davis's footsteps, especially as they look for two more offensive linemen alongside Lakota West four-star Tegra Shibola and Colorado four-star George Fitzpatrick. Switching focus a little bit, September is a really notable month for the class of 2023, as it marks the first time that coaches can contact junior prospects. Now, if you were on Twitter on Tuesday night, or early Wednesday morning if you prefer, you would have seen recruits posting graphics from schools that reached out to them. And while it's a really good indicator of which schools have caught their attention, things got really interesting as soon as the clock struck midnight when Oklahoma shared the hashtag chosen, which stylistically included the number 23 and the SE part of the word. Now, it was really creative, but the issue is that Ohio State also shared that same hashtag and did so about a week and a half earlier than Oklahoma. Talk about awkward. Now, we'll see players being recruited by both the Buckeyes and the Sooners sharing the same hashtag, and neither school is going to probably budge from that. So I have two thoughts about this. One, I wish that Ohio State and Oklahoma played this year because we could just let the winner have that hashtag. Perhaps they'll meet in the college football playoff and we can settle this then. But number two, I can't believe that this didn't happen sooner. After all, Ohio State has been using hashtags like this since about 2014, with Dream 14, Elite 15, Select 17, Supreme 18, and Dynasty 19 among the monikers that pretty much represented the recruiting class. It just feels like at some point over the last seven years that another school would have overlapped at some point or another. Is there one school that deserves to use it over the other? It's hard to say. Oklahoma fans will obviously point out that they're a Jordan brand school, so it makes more sense that they can use Michael Jordan's number 23 than Ohio State, whereas Ohio State only has loose ties to LeBron James, who did not go to school there, but has admittedly said that he would have had he not gone straight to the NBA. On the other hand, Jordan went to North Carolina and has no ties to Oklahoma other than the fact that his Jumpman logo endorsed their uniforms. My way of resolving this situation would be to give the chosen hashtag to the Tar Heels, which clearly need all the help they can get after their season opening loss at Virginia Tech. Sticking with the class of 2023, I recently discussed which players I consider to be Ohio State's top targets for the next recruiting cycle. If the Buckeyes are ultimately able to land all five, and I think that there's a really good chance that they do, they could finally end up with the nation's number one recruiting class after years of coming up just short. Of course, make sure to check out the website, BuckeyesNow.com, to see the full list. That said, I think that the key to the class will be Pickerington Central's Sonny Styles, who really has the ability to play anywhere on Ohio State's defense. He's coveted by every program in the country, and the Buckeyes are simply fortunate that he lives in their backyard. Now, I think Notre Dame is a legitimate threat to Lance Styles' pledge, especially with his older brother Lorenzo already on campus. Ohio State really can't afford to see Sonny go anywhere else, whereas they landed Emeka Egbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jaden Ballard instead of his brothers. So maybe that's a little bit why Notre Dame was able to come into Columbus and, and get Lorenzo, where Sonny is the type of player who Ohio State really cannot afford to let leave. Similarly, 
The Buckeyes and the Fighting Irish are the unquestioned leader for IMG Academy four-star wide receiver Carnell Tate, who is set to announce his college decision on October 8th. Now I can see this one going either way, especially since he made multiple visits to the two programs in June. It will ultimately come down to where he feels most comfortable and which program can develop him into the better NFL prospect. And quite frankly, I really don't see that at Notre Dame. Ohio State has two of the top 10 or so wide receivers currently in the NFL in Michael Thomas and Terry McLaurin, and two surefire first-round draft picks in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the roster. Notre Dame, meanwhile, has what? Chase Claypool and Lorenzo Styles Jr.? Shoot, at least Tate could find some immediate playing time with the Fighting Irish. Now, I want to wrap up this episode by talking about how Ohio State benefited from playing its season opener on Thursday night. This allowed the coaching staff to hit the road and watch prospects play in person for the first time in almost two years. Head coach Ryan Day and wide receivers coach Brian Hartline were in Cincinnati, where IMG played LaSalle, a real Ohio high school football program. And while it was a similar result to the Ascenders' win over Bishop Sycamore the week prior, their attendance showed how much of a priority that Tate really is. Likewise, Notre Dame also benefited from playing at Florida State last night, as the Fighting Irish had several coaches in attendance as well. Studrawa and defensive coordinator Kerry Combs, meanwhile, were at Lakota West to watch Tegra and four-star cornerback commit Jair Brown. Johnson was in Indiana to see Curry, and running backs coach Tony Alford was in Maslin to see running back Wiltrell Hartson, who does not hold an offer from the Buckeyes at this time, but could be one to watch for 2023. Perhaps no visit was more important than quarterback's coach Corey Dennis's trip to Medina, where he was checking in on Penn State four-star quarterback commit Drew Aller. This very clearly shows the Buckeyes are interested in flipping Aller and adding a quarterback to their 2022 recruiting class after seeing Quinn Ewers reclassify and enroll early. I do think that Aller is one of just a few, if not the only quarterback that Ohio State will target to fill that spot. And that's not really great news for Penn State, considering there's three plus months until signing day. Now, can the Nittany Lions hold on to his pledge? We're about to find out. Assuming Ohio State puts the full-court press on Aller, I don't think it's going to be an easy decision for him. On one hand, Penn State identified him early on in the process and secured his pledge long before he became a four-star prospect and shined at the Elite 11 Finals in California. On the other hand, he's an Ohio kid who undoubtedly grew up rooting for the Buckeyes. There shouldn't be any hard feelings on his end either, especially if he understands that no school in their right mind would turn away a generational talent like yours in a class where they're only going to take one quarterback. In my eyes, this is a lot like the battle brewing for Curry. Penn State is building something special in its 2020 recruiting class, and Aller is at the forefront of that. Combine him with players like Westerville South wide receiver Caden Saunders, Pennsylvania running back Nicholas Singleton, and Maryland defensive lineman Danny Dennis Sutton, and the Nittany Lions are on the verge of competing with the Buckeyes for a Big Ten East title. Removing him from the class would be twofold for Ohio State, meanwhile. Not only would you be cutting out a key part of Penn State's class, but also address the need that you have in your own class. It's also not unreasonable to think that Aller could be the Buckeyes' starting quarterback in 2024, which would be his redshirt sophomore season. That's assuming you get two years of C.J. Stroud and one year of either Kyle McCord or Ewers before they head off to the NFL. So, while 2024 seems like a long way away right now, Aller could be Ohio State's starting quarterback anywhere from one to three years if things work out the right way. And that's why I ultimately think he'll consider what Day and Dennis are selling. Along those lines, here's Day talking about the difficulties of recruiting a quarterback in today's environment. 
you know, it's year to year. I, I, I like to say it's anything, anything other, but it is. It's just kind of that way, and you have to approach it that way. Uh, you try to plan, and it doesn't always work that way. So, um, you know, we'll we'll continue to recruit guys in, in the next couple classes and, and figure out how it plays out because you just don't know what's coming next. And I think that's some of the uncertainty that's going on in college football right now in general. And so, like I said, we'll try to do the best we can, just taking it one, one day at a time. And, again, I think if we just keep with that approach and don't get frustrated, then we're going to come out of this thing in a great position. If Aller doesn't seem super receptive about the Buckeyes' advances, it'll be interesting to see how Day and Dennis approach things moving forward. They could easily throw an offer out to Centerville's Chase Harrison, who is committed to Marshall, or Cincinnati Princeton's Makai Lynn, who is committed to Buffalo, with the idea of filling out the roster with someone who they know will flip. Springfield's Tayshawn Smoot is another name to keep in mind there, though he's currently uncommitted. Or they could simply wait and see how the transfer portal opens up and bring in a new quarterback that way. I guess Day's quote really goes for the 2022 recruiting class as a whole, especially given the spots remaining and the top targets left at a number of key positions. That said, I actually want to wrap up this episode by talking about the biggest remaining storyline for Ohio State in the current recruiting cycle that I haven't already mentioned, which is addressing a few spots in the secondary. The Buckeyes appeared set at cornerback until Jacksonville five-star Jaheim Singletary reopened his recruitment in late July, leaving them with Brown, Texas four-star Terrence Brooks, and Florida four-star Ryan Turner. And while there was some concern at one point or another with Brown and Turner, it seems like that's now in the past and Ohio State is focused on moving forward with those three. Of course, they would love to have Singletary back in the class because he's, in my opinion, the best all-around cornerback in the class, and he's just too good to turn away. And I must point out that this is no knock on Brooks, who I feel is the best nickel cornerback in the class. It also feels like that ship has sailed, though. And talking to those in the Jacksonville area and those who have followed Singletary's recruitment from the very beginning, and not just once he included the Buckeyes in his top schools before committing in January, he never really seemed to mesh with the other commitments in the class. Now, that's no real fault of anyone's. In fact, that's to be expected during a recruiting dead period that went nearly 15 months in the middle of a pandemic. It's kind of like online dating, if you will. Maybe a person you were talking to just didn't turn out to be who you thought they were in your mind. The same can go for high school kids looking to make their college decision. And if you don't exactly feel comfortable with or around the fellow commits, maybe backing off your pledge is the best thing for you. I was also told Singletary wasn't too thrilled with how Ohio State used former cornerback Sean Wade last year, or just during his career as a whole. Now, I know he dealt with injury early on, and I know the decision to return to school for another year to play on the outside was primarily Wade's decision, but that's just how Singletary feels. And I know he committed after the Sugar Bowl, so he clearly had time to see how Ohio State used Wade over the course of the last four years. But at the same time, he also watched Wade trail behind Devonta Smith for the entirety of the Alabama game, and that bad taste in his mouth clearly just didn't go away. In the end, it's far more likely that Singletary ends up with Georgia or Miami, Florida instead. Lastly, the Buckeyes already hold one commitment at safety in Florida three-star Kai Stokes, who was labeled by most recruiting services as an athlete, but will either end up playing safety or in the nickel at the next level. The plan, however, is to add one or two more players at that position behind him, namely Iowa four-star Xavier and Wankba and Las Vegas Bishop Gorman four-star Zion Branch. The Buckeyes are widely viewed as the favorite to land in Wankba, who I believe could commit to the program the next time he's on campus, perhaps an unofficial visit for the aforementioned game against Penn State. Branch, on the other hand, is a real battle with USC. It helps that both players were on campus for an official visit the same weekend in June so that the staff could tell them at the same time how they would be deployed within the defense. 
It also helps that Zion's brother Zachariah is a top target of Heartline for the class of 2023. And if they truly want to play together as much as they're rumored to, the Buckeyes need to win the battle for Zion first and foremost. All that said, thanks for tuning in to the newest episode of Building the Buckeyes. To keep up with the latest on the Ohio State football recruiting trail, check out BuckeyesNow.com daily. I'm your host, Andrew Lind. Until next time.